You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Pleased to be joined by Jonathan Coachman. You know him from his broadcast work years ago at the WWE. Cordell and Jonathan worked together at ESPN. Coach, how are you? Great to see you. Yeah, I'm great. I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me on. By the way, little known fact, B, Cordell, great to see you, brother. Yes, sir, uh, you too. Mitch Holtis, who just made that call in Kansas City, Helped me get my first job in Wichita, Kansas, years and years ago. Why do you think we played that highlight, John? Well, I knew, <laughs> Welcome I knew you to did the your NFL research, on TuneIn. You did your homework. I am a broadcasting savant. Theoretically, <laughs> I know everything about everything. So uh, I recall that you got your start in Kansas City. Yeah. Did you have any sense the Chiefs would play that well last week on the road in New England? No, I didn't talk any trash either because I, 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 I knew that that was a – a game that when it came out on the schedule, it was almost like they were going to be the sacrificial lamb. And then as I watched the first half, I don't know how you guys felt, but we just could not get anything going. And I said at some point, the Patriots are going to score that next touchdown, go up 10-14, and then it's, it's going to end up being a 21-28 point game. When they started making the plays and Alex Smith started hitting the running backs, and uh, let's be honest, Tom Brady was off. And his receivers were off, and losing Edelman was a big, big deal. Uh, so I think not only does it do a huge uh, boost to their confidence moving forward, but if I'm a Patriots fan uh, and I still live in Patriots country, I am very, very concerned about what I saw. Speaking with Jonathan Coachman, not too many people know you as coach, but I wanted to make sure I introduce you as your full name, but Thank understand you. why I call you coach, because that's where I know you from, from working with you in the past. But Amen. When looking at this, when looking at the New England Patriots, uh, how concerned are you to see how much they've struggled? They've lost one of their better receivers in the slot uh, to having a few players not playing up to their capabilities, but most importantly, watching Tom Brady basically not play the best game that we've been accustomed to watching and playing, if not his best game, at least finishing strong. Do you attribute that more to New England and their struggles, and do they continue that, those struggles? Or is Kansas City really that good with Alex Smith being able to spread the ball around, which was a conversation many of us have had, was he able to do? Two things, I think, Cordell, first of all. I, I, first things first is uh, when you have all that pregame hype and you've got 28-3 up on the scoreboard, and you got all the guys coming out with the uh, the championship trophies. I think sometimes it's very easy uh, to say it's going to be a walk in the park. This is who we are. We're going to go after a sixth trophy. And I think uh, a lot of that was going on that night, and it was just a, a matter of waiting uh, for things to happen. The second thing is you remember a couple of years ago when the Chiefs just clocked the Patriots early on in the season, and we all said the Patriots are left for dead. Uh, you know, Tom Brady is washed up. All those things. I I would be concerned, but I think the Chiefs are a lot better than people are giving them credit for. When you have your entire defense back, and boy, it's going to hurt to have Eric Berry not play the rest of the season, certainly, but you've got great linebackers. um, You've got arguably uh, the second best tight end on the offensive side. And make no mistake about it, the fact that they got Mahomes in the draft is going to put a, a fire under the butt of Alex Smith like we've never seen before, in my opinion. And he's going to play as good, if not better, than he's ever played before. So I think the Chiefs are very, very good. And I think the Patriots have got to figure out a way 
to get the ball downfield, get the ball to the receivers, and, and be way more accurate than Tom Brady was in week one. Jonathan Coachman is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Jonathan, when I was a kid and wanted to go into broadcasting, the two biggest influences on me, Bob Costas and me, Gene Okerlund. <laughs> Huge wrestling fan. we got to talk a little bit squared circle action. Sure, sure. What did you take away from your years connected to the WWE? Well, I, t- I tell you what, it, it was it was such a, a fun uh, almost decade that I got to spend there. I got to travel the world. When you're in your, your early 20s, uh, there's nothing better than somebody else uh, buying a ticket for you to fly to Tokyo or Germany or England or wherever the case might be. But also from a broadcasting uh, standpoint, uh, it, it taught me a lot about uh, being on the fly, uh, listening, all the things that a lot of young broadcasters don't think is important, uh, you start to learn when you're working for Vince. Because if you don't listen, respond, react, uh, and engage, uh, then you're not going to be around for very, very long. I- I'm very proud, Brian Cordell, of the fact that I was able to last so long. And on top of that, I still have an amazing relationship to this day, and it's just amplified by the fact that the last couple of years, we were able to create a, a website coverage, and we got uh, the WWE onto Sports Center, which is something that had never happened before. And I saw Vince at WrestleMania this year, and he pulled me aside, uh, and he said, Coach, this is the, the single greatest relationship that we've ever forged uh, in our time. Wow. And, and I think it's a big reason why uh, they're having the best financial year they've ever had. Can you do that, though, as Mr. McMahon? Coach, I mean, can, can you give me a little Vince here? <laughs> well, he, he would go. Well, I have a very funny story uh, that's in the book. Uh, you know, I always called him boss, and he'd be like, he'd be like, <laughs> Coach. You know, and, and years ago we were in Afghanistan, and he was looking for a Red Bull, and we couldn't find one. And so I found one from a private, and I ran it to him about 40 yards. And as he's getting ready to go out and start the show, you know, it's very, very cold. It's in the desert. A lot of troops around. He opens the Red Bull, and it completely explodes. <laughs> so he's got a $5,000 suit on, and he's dripping Red Bull. And he looked at me, and he said, you are so effing stupid. <laughs> and you got these guys that are holding flags, getting ready to do the national anthem that could not contain themselves. And there were probably you know a dozen stories like that because I was around him so much. And... I'm a big believer in great leadership, and whether you like him or whether you don't be, that man is a great leader oh, He's of the P.T. Martin of this millennium, and he's a skilled businessman. How about the XFL? You were a sideline <laughs> reporter. How long did it take you to realize this thing was going to be a mess? It was the longest 10 weeks of my life, and I was just a part of that 30 for 30 that we had, uh, whatever it was, six months ago, and... I had the luxury of sitting in the in the initial meetings uh, with uh, Vince and with Dick Ebersaw, and boy, I tell you what, they had high high hopes for it. I've never seen somebody lose forty some million dollars, and then it's true. He was like, "Listen, we've got to cut our losses," and it's very very difficult uh, for a major major personality to admit when they've done something that didn't work. Uh, but being a part of it, and there are at least 10, 15 things today, guys, that the NFL uses. And we documented that in the 30 for 30 uh, that were initiated in the XFL. So uh, I worked seven days a week for about three months. So by the time it was over, I was ready for it to be over because I still had to do my full WWE schedule as well. Speaking of the WWE, I remember we were working together um, 
You had an opportunity to see Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Yeah. Uh, tell me about the relationship between you two, and how happy are you for this guy that he's done a multiple he's done multiple movies. Uh, he's a part of the show Ballers. Uh, have you stayed in touch with him? And uh, tell me about you guys' yeah. relationship so far to this point. We still stay in touch, and 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 you know, early on, it was kind of the the Rock and Coach show for the first couple of years, and I'll never forget. Uh, the very first time I was ever on TV, guys, with WWE, you know, I'm a young 22-year-old kid coming from Kansas City. Nobody knew who I was. And they said, tonight, your first night, you're going to be on with The Rock. And to this day, I remember this, and I've brought it up to him several different times. And this speaks to the kind of person that he is. And it's why everybody loves him. It's why he's so great at what he does. Is He said, you know what, I got an idea. Uh, tonight, you know, he used to do this thing where he would ask you a question, you'd answer, and you go, it doesn't matter, you know, whatever that was, right? So so he said, ask a question as if you know me, and then I'm going to stop you. And so I say, hey, Rock, he goes, who are you? You know, a couple of expletives. And I wouldn't answer him because, I, you know, I, I, I didn't want to be stupid. I didn't want to play stupid. He goes, I don't want people to think that you're dumb. And, and he goes, it's okay, you can tell the Rock. And I said, well, you know, my name's Jonathan Coachman, but everybody calls me the coach. And then he goes into the coach of what? The coach of a little <laughs> girl's softball team, the coach of this, the coach of that. And then after he said the coach about eight or ten times, he goes, so why do they call you the coach? And I go, well, it's a f- it doesn't matter why they call you the coach. <laughs> and because of doing it that way, I walked out of the building that night in Chicago, the Allstate Arena, and everybody is yelling my name after one night and one two-and-a-half-minute promo. And the point of the story is he's a very, very giving guy, and he wants to see people uh, succeed. He wants them to do well. And if you see his videos on Instagram or, or Twitter, uh, he's always driving out at 1 a.m. off a movie set, and he'll stop and take pictures and sign autographs because he understands that's what you do. And, uh, you know, we don't see each other that often, uh, but we text sometimes and uh, could not be happier for him. And, and nobody works harder in the business than that guy does. Jonathan, we appreciate the visit. Next time I want to talk about Jesse, the body, Ventura, and more football. Let's do this again on the NFL on Tuesday. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on TuneIn.